Hey, we're, 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 like Pastor John says, we, we've got an awesome series that we're doing at the moment. Pastor John um, spoke about um, Jesus is Alive last Sunday night. If you heard that, that was absolutely incredible. Uh, Pastor Dan, um, of, of course, Jesus is Peace. Make sure you jump on YouTube. Make sure you or grab those uh, podcasts and give those a listen. They're super, super cool. But um, this morning, I just want to focus on one of the last things Jesus actually said to his disciples. Um, I kind of figure um, if it's one of the last things that you're ever going to say, you kind of think that through and you want to say something that's really meaningful and is going to mean a lot. So I wanted to focus in on one of those those last things that Jesus said, who he was, what he was, and uh, in a lot of ways... Uh, uh, this verse that, that I'm actually speaking out of is actually one, a really controversial verse because people are kind of like, that they don't necessarily agree with that out in the world. But um, I, I want to see what Jesus says. And um, just to set the scene, that this was actually, Jesus said this thing about himself. We're going to find out what it is in a minute. But Jesus said this thing about himself in his very last dinner that he had with his disciples. Literally, Jesus is about to get arrested and uh, in the next day, crucified, horrible death. And um, so he's hanging out with his disciples. Um, They're having uh, a bit of food and they're hanging out. You might actually know the painting, The Last Supper, you know, the, the famous, that that's where this is said. And so Jesus is hanging out with him. He, he's predicting his own death and he's trying to tell his disciples what's about to happen just so they don't get freaked out. You see, because the disciples had a, had a different view of who Jesus was and why he was here on earth, right? And, and, and they had these preconceived kind of ideas about that. But Jesus, of course, came to shatter those. Um, God isn't often who we think he is. And uh, so he, he came to them and they're all like, they're expecting one thing. And he said, well, actually, I'm going to die. And they're like, no, what? And so he says this thing and, and, and he says from John chapter 14, he says, he explained to them, I am the way, I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. And to know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. This is incredible. Jesus says three things about himself and makes like three statements. But then he also actually makes three other statements that explain those ones right? He says, I am the way. But then down below, he goes, no one can come to the Father except by me. Right? Then he says, I am the truth. And then he says, to know me is to know the Father. Then he says, I'm also the life. And then he says, you know what? You're going to soon, you're going to realize that, first of all, you've seen him, but you've experienced him. Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. These are pretty serious statements to be making about yourself. This is pretty hardcore. But obviously, in that moment, it's the last thing he's ever said to his disciples. So he's going to say something hardcore. So let's break this down. First of all, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. Now, I own a Hyundai pretty normal, standard kind of guy. I drive that around. And when I drive that around, it's got the screen. 
right? Most new cars come with a screen in there. And uh, I drive around, but I like having Google Maps on my screen. I drive a line, it tells me where I am. I can just look, it tells me where I am. It tells me how many minutes it's going to take me to get to church. Handy. My wife disses me about driving around with the map on my screen. She's all like, you don't need to know that it's going to take 11 minutes to get to church at 6.30 in the morning. I like my screen. But you know why I like my screen? Because for me, I knew what it was like to grow up without the screen. I remember before there was iPhones. I remember before there was Google Maps. I remember before we had a sweet little voice telling me to turn left in 200 meters. When I grew up, what I had was the UBD, the Refidex, the street directory. Now, I also know, right, that there is a whole row of people over here that don't know what the heck I'm talking about. So for them, I am going to explain it. Young people, before there was iPhones, before there was Google Maps, there was this thing called a book. Books, right? And to find how to get somewhere, right, we would get our UBD, our street directory out. It was a, a book of maps, and it had lots of maps in there. Now, to get anywhere that I didn't know how to get to, took me about half an hour before I had to leave. I had to get the UBD out. I had to go to the back, to the index, right? I had to look at Premier Circuit under P, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, P, right? Premier Circuit, map 27, right? Then I had to go back to map 27 and look, G6, there it is there. Awesome. Now I know where I'm going, right? The only problem is I'm back at map 97, and I'd have to sit down and plot a course from map 97 all the way through to map 27 to try and find three primary circuit. You'd be there, you'd be like, map 27, so you'd be tracing along, you go, oh, I'm going to need to jump over to map 96, yep, yep, yep. Oh, but now I need to go to map 75, and now I need to go map back to map 94, and then over to 65, and then the struggle was real. Yes, it was. I'm getting so many nods of kind of. Nowadays, right, I hop in my car. I have, this, I have the map on all the time. I press my little voice recognition thing. Find three premier circuit. You will arrive at your destination in 11 minutes. Turn left in 200 meters onto Nicollin Way. How easy is that? I... Just want to say this morning, you don't have to fumble through this life trying to find the way. You don't need to fumble through your life trying to find the way. All right? I know the way. The way is Jesus. We don't need to sit there trying to work it all out, trying to like, oh, if I go here and if I do this and then, then maybe I'll find God. I don't know. We have the way. We have the way. His name is Jesus. He's the only way. He says, no one can come next to Father. No one can see, no one can come to God except 
through me. I want to tell you this morning, there is only one way to God and His name is Jesus. Now this is controversial, see, because the world wants you to know that there is many ways to Jesus. And you'll just work it out. But no, Jesus says there is one way. And it's me, Jesus. His name is Jesus. See, he was God, but he became a man and lived and walked just like us. He experienced what we experience. Temptation, loss, rejection, pain, all of the things that we go through. And yet he was without sin. He died for us, taking all of our mistakes and failure upon himself. But he was raised from death by the power of the Holy Spirit to resurrection life. And he's now in heaven, seated with the Father, praying for us, interceding on our behalf, the Bible says. How cool is that? How amazing is that? God made a way for us. See, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12 says, In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Colossians 1, 21, verse 22 says, We've actually been reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. Incredible. Romans 5, 1 says, Not only that, we actually have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Man, I love this. See, we, we, we've all born separated from God because of our own sin. But we're actually created for connection and relationship with God. We're created for that, but we've all missed the mark. But God himself, and this is incredible, his love for us is so intense. Not only did he make a way, he actually himself became the way. He became the way. Who's glad that we have a God that just is so full of compassion? That is just so full of just love that he would do that on our behalf. That he would make a way for us so that we'd have a way through back to him. Back to relationship with God. I love that. I love that. Jesus is the way. And then he says, I am the truth. To know me is to know the Father. Jesus is the truth. Now, I have a Father. Like I said earlier, I'm a pretty standard guy. Right? What some people say is uncanny how much I look like my Father. So I thought, well, maybe we could like just check it out. We could suss it out and see. So um, why don't we throw up that first... There is me with my dad and my brother. I just want to put this one up because I was a pretty good looking rooster back in 1992. Who's ever seen the movie um, uh, or the TV show Beverly Hills 90210? I've got a pretty bit of Dylan action going on there. Have a look at that winning smile. Hey, put the next one up, guys, because you know what? There I am. That's me and my dad and Pastor John.
Hey, why don't we put the next one up? My wife actually put this, made me put this one up because you know what? We're actually pulling exactly the same face. I know, right? That's my mum and my dad and my daughters and me and Lisa. And... So, right, if you didn't know who my dad was, you could say, what does Gordon Moore look like? And you could also rightly say, here he is. To see Jeremy is to see what his father looks like, right? Not only that, I'm told that me and my dad speak the same. We say the same stuff. We've got the same mannerisms. So you could well say, you could well ask the question, right? What, what's Gordon Moore like? What does he sound like? What, what, what kind of... And you could also pretty rightly say, look at Jeremy. Right? Jesus says, to know me is to know the Father. In the same way, Jesus says, to know me is to know the Father. See, Jesus reveals God and he reveals the truth about God. If you want to know what God's like, look at Jesus. If you know what God is like, look at Jesus. See, he's the truth. There's nothing false in him. There's nothing misleading in Jesus. There's nothing fake, nothing uncertain. He's truth, right? And if we want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus because Jesus reveals God. And we can all bring to the table different misconceptions about what God's like. Some people have this misconception about God and it's because of upbringing or, or, or whatever that God is angry, angry God. Angry God with a big stick. Angry God with a big stick that's just waiting for me to stuff up before he can bang me over the head and send me back to the corner with no dessert or something. But that's not God. See, if we want to see God, Jesus reveals God. So if we want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus because Jesus is truth. And we see, when we see that, we see God is a God of love. God is a God of peace. God is a God of grace and forgiveness and compassion towards us. He's got the heart of a father towards us. He wants to bless us. He wants to fill us with hope and, and a future and destiny and, and, and an incredible calling. That's what God's like. And knowing this transforms us. Knowing that God isn't just up in heaven, just like twiddling his fingers, waiting for Sam Byrne to mess up so he can bang him over the head. That's not God at all. God loves us. And when we know this and when we see what God likes, it transforms us because you know what? We get that truth in us. We start to look like our Father. We start to look like our Father. Jesus reflects his Father. We become more like Jesus. We start to look like our Father. We start to more love. We start to be more compassionate. We start forgiving people even though we don't want to, but we do. We start to look like him. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Hey, we should give Melbourne East a, a, a cheer right now because they're watching. Hey, Melbourne East, hope you're liking this. Yeah. 
Hey, the last one. Jesus says, I am the life. From now on, you'll realize that you have seen him and experienced him. We have seen him and experienced him and therefore life. I want to read a a verse from Romans chapter 8. Verse 10. And it says this. Now Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, okay, so that's our flesh may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. That is incredible. His life-giving spirit imparts life to us because we're fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life. Okay, so that's in the future. By the same spirit that breathes life into you now. So we two see two things. One day, we're going to be resurrected and be with God. But also, the Holy Spirit breathes life into us now. Now, me and Lisa once got a voucher to a hotel. The Noosa Sheridan is is like somebody gave us a really, really generous gift. And uh, we were there and we're like, babe, this is going to be so awesome. Hey, we'll save that up for a later date. Right? We just get busy with life, doing stuff, stuff happens, right? And we, we got the... Three months later, oh, we got that voucher, we got that voucher. Yeah, that, that's cool, man. That's going to be so awesome. We'll just save that for a later date. Right? Then, Lisa's pregnant, we have twins. So if you know us, those three little girls up there, I've got an 18-year-old, a 7-year-old, and two 5-year-olds, right? We, we had an 18-month-year-old when they were born and twins. It was crazy. Right? Who knows that we didn't go on that trip just at that point in time? But we kept seeing the thing. We kept seeing this voucher. You know what? One day we will use that. One day we'll we'll go on that trip. One day we'll go on that trip. One day in the future we'll use that voucher. And you know what? We found that voucher. And we're something like 18 months over the time limit. Because we kept saying, we will use that thing one day. Luckily for me, I'm an excellent negotiator. And I called them up, and I spoke to about 10 different people, but we went on that trip. But I'm thinking, so many, we can be like that. So many of us can be like that with that voucher. Our salvation is like a special ticket that one day we are going to use. The life that Jesus is talking about, the life that Paul is talking about, the the spirit in us, is like this ticket that one day when I die, it's like the voucher one day, it's like a special ticket that one day when I die, I'm going to use that. It's like a get out of jail free card. So many of us are like that though, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, yes, we have that hope because one day we will be resurrected and be like Christ and be with him. But you know what? You carry the Holy Spirit with you right now. 
That life you carry with you right now. The life of God is in you right now. It's for the here and now. It flows out of us here and now. The Holy Spirit is with us and it flows into our world. The Bible talks about how we reign in life through what Christ has done and through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're we're to reign now. The Holy Spirit is with us now. Our salvation and the life we carry and the power of the Holy Spirit isn't pie in the sky. It is steak on the plate while we wait. Here and now. And I just said something my dad would have said. Incredible because they're laughing at me on the front row. But how do we access this life? How do we access this life? This Holy Spirit's in us. Jesus says, you've seen him. You've experienced him. He's talking about encounter. God is not some dry thing on a, in a book talking about something that happened 2,000 years ago that is irrelevant to us here and now. God is alive. He's in us. We carry the life in us now, and that life flows out of us into our world. But we access that by having an encounter with God every single day, by experiencing Him every single day. Paul in Ephesians talks about being constantly or daily or continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. God, you not need to experience God. We need an encounter with God. And that leads me to basically the the, the, the crux or the, the point of what Jesus is saying. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. They're all intertwined. You can't have one without the others. And what he's saying is this. Yes, on one, on one point, it's like outlining a journey into life and relationship with God. That maybe someone who doesn't know God, they realize that he's the way. God shines revelation and light into their heart and then they experience Him and it's a way into into life with God and becoming a Christian, but it's so much more than that. Jesus is giving basically like a blueprint or a pattern of living Christian life. He's the way. He is truth. He is life. And we need that every single day. Every single day I need to center my life on Jesus the way. I need to refocus on Him. Every single day I need to be in the Bible, reading the Bible, seeing what's in there, talking about God and who God is and getting a revelation of truth. Every single day I need to be experiencing, encountering God through prayer, experiencing the love of God, experiencing the peace of God every single day. That's what Jesus is actually saying here. This isn't a once-off thing. This isn't a pie-in-the-sky thing. This is an everyday thing. This is an everyday thing. And I just want to finish right now. So Pastor Dan gave us a challenge last week, an incredible challenge, spending time with God every day. I want to throw that out again and kind of reiterate what Pastor Dan said because I know the power of this. I know the power of this every single day, walking with God. Prayer. 
reading the, the Bible, getting a revelation of Him. It's life-changing. It flows out of you into every single circumstance, everything that's happening to you. It flows out of you. Life, truth, Jesus. So if that's you this morning and you want to carry on, Pastor Dan said, hey, let's spend time with God every single day. I'm just jumping in the slipstream right now. But I know the power of it. If that's you and you want to spend time with you, make a commitment the next month or so. Because I know if you do it the next month, you'll form a habit. If that's you, put your hand up and just say, yes, I'm going to spend time with God every single day. Beautiful. And that's not to say, you know, like, life happens to us. You know, the key to maintaining an awesome devotional life and spending time with God today, every day, sorry, is if life does happen and you do miss, don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Just jump straight back on the horse the next day, straight back into it. And over time, you'll form a habit. You'll form a habit of just, that's just what I do. I spend time in the Word. I worship and pray, get filled with the presence of God. You'll see, you, you, you'll start to become like the Father. You'll get in different situations and you'll understand and start to realize, hey, hang on, hang on a second, I, I speak differently. I speak positively or different situations where maybe you're right and you start to realize, actually, you know what, I forgive that person. Where maybe you couldn't. You'll start to look like the Father. Hey, is that cool? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That is awesome, right? Hey, um, but just before I finish, I just want to give an opportunity for every single person here, because I don't know where you're all at, but I want to give an opportunity for you to meet Jesus. See, um, it's, fun, it's actually right about now in 1992, right about this time, I... Grew up in church. I was just angry. I don't, I don't know why. I was just like angry. But I, I grew up in church. And even if you've grown up in church, the thing about coming to faith in Christ is you need to discover it for yourself. And, and I'd kind of grown up in church. I'd done my thing in high school. I was just really, really angry. I pretty much went to, to, to school to eat my lunch and play rugby. But I kind of finished school and I was just feeling empty and lost and just like stressed out and just angry and just wanted to fight everyone and fight everything. And I went to C3 Church in Sydney and I remember this guy called Mark Saundercock was preaching. He was crazy. He jumped on the front row right there and was preaching to like ride a chariot because he was talking about Jehu, one of the um, Israelite kings. And it was just nuts. But I remember in that time, in my heart, I just remember thinking, you know what? I need to return to Christ. I need to make a decision for myself. And I remember in that moment, so I put my hand up and I prayed a prayer inviting Christ into my world. And I just remember in that moment, I'd been angry, I'd been stressed out. But in that moment, just incredible peace just came on me. And even now, I, I can go back there. Just feel that peace. I want to give you that same opportunity right now. I, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're like Mark and you've never, ever, ever been to church before. 
Maybe you're what, like his wife Nikki, who, who's like an actual atheist. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're like me, you're growing up in church. Maybe at one point you were following Christ and you know, hey, I need to press the reset button and just return to relationship with God. Maybe even you're sitting there and you're just unsure about your salvation. Here's the thing though, salvation is for eternity. And eternity is not something to be unsure about. So right here and now, I want to give every single person that opportunity. Can I ask you to close your eyes? Because this isn't about you and the person next to you. This is about you and God. And I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to speak to every single heart here right now. And if that was you, maybe, like I said, you've never been to church or never been in a relationship with Christ. Maybe you need to return to Him or maybe you just need that assurance of your salvation. And I ask in a minute, I'll get you to raise your hand, give me a wave, and I'd love to pray a prayer with you. So is there anyone here? If that is you, one of those three types of people, I ask you to raise your hand right now. I'll see your hand, and if that's you, I'd love to pray a prayer with you. Is there anyone here this morning? Now is your time. Now is your moment. If there's anyone watching online, just do this in your lounge room. Raise your hand. Maybe you're in Melbourne. Do, do this there. Raise your hand and just as a statement that you want to follow Christ. Is there anyone here this morning? I'm taking a moment over this, but that's okay because this is the most important decision you will ever make. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's just an amazing presence of God here this morning. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much. Just remember Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And um encourage you, take up that challenge. Spend some time with God every single day. Prayer, reading the Bible. And uh, hey, thank you very much. I'm handing back to Josh.